Welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Today we're talking about nutrition. I talk about the importance of nutrition all the time and about how we can't just lean on our workouts to create the desired results that we want in our bodies. And by results, I don't just mean body composition, although that is a goal for many people and it's a valid goal. Results also can be better energy, better mood, happier joints, better sleep, better relationships. These are all things that you can have at the same time if you implement a strategy with your fitness and with your nutrition that is working with your body instead of against your body. And I talk about how nutrition is such a big piece of this and that we shouldn't just lean on our workouts to give us all of these things because it won't work and we'll burn ourselves out. It's not sustainable and it's really not enjoyable. So I always try to stay in my lane when it comes to nutrition because it's not my formal education and there's so much information about nutrition. So I really try to lean on the experts and give you information from the experts that hopefully you can take in and apply and see those results paired with the workouts and the education that I give you on this podcast and in my program. So there is a entire nutrition module or entire nutrition program within the Evlo membership. And it's all done, designed and produced by Catherine Andrew. Catherine Andrew is a functional registered dietitian. She's been on the podcast before her and I have very similar philosophies, hers to nutrition and mine to exercise. And so we work together really, really well. But what I want to do today is give the podcast a free resource um, with some clips into that program. And hopefully, even if you're not an Evelyn member, you'll be able to get some value out of this podcast. Now, obviously we're not going to give away everything, all of the information that is in that program. But if you are an Evelyn member, do make sure that you go watch this program because it's extremely beneficial. I've been applying a lot of the things that she's taught in this program into my life. And I've already seen some awesome things in the past couple months that I'm going to kind of talk about today. So this program, her program is four short video modules and two live Q and a sessions, and it's all up on the membership. Now it's all recorded and you can access it at any time. And she also has resources that go along with each module. So what we're going to do today is kind of talk about little segments of each of those modules. And to me, how I saw this was that it's kind of like a three step process that she takes us through. And she doesn't say, she doesn't put it like this, but that's kind of like how I'm going to organize this podcast today. So step one is to get your mind in the right place, which is super important. Um, I think we all want to bypass that and just skip to like, okay, just tell me what to do. Please do not pass that. If you are sick of yo-yoing in your body when it comes to nutrition, please do not skip that part. So we're going to talk about that first. And then step two is to assess your body, notice maybe what's right and what's wrong and set realistic goals based on what's going on in your body and how those goals can fit into your life. And then step three is to build a nourishing diet that will fuel your fitness and that will be realistic, healthy, and sustainable. So again, she didn't divide it up like that, but that's kind of how we're going to divide it up in today's podcast. And I'm going to give you clips from each module. So let's get into step one, which was really module one of her program. This video was on the softer side, but 
Again, like I said, I think it's so important. Catherine emphasizes the importance of not feeling like you're broken and need to be fixed. She talks about how whole body health are the goals. Remember, like I talked about, it's not just body composition because if you're in the pursuit of body composition, but along the way you're hangry all the time and you feel like crap and you're yelling at your family and you're exhausted and you're not sleeping well, what's the point? What if we can have all of it at once, right? What if we can feel really good in our body and approach our body composition goals at the same time, if, if that is a goal for you. So you know, it's not just about weight loss. This program is not about weight loss and neither is my program, but she talks about like how if body composition is your only goal, you may not be as successful as you would be if you had more health centered goals and body and body composition goals, right? If it was kind of all lumped into one, which is just such a more sustainable, enjoyable process. So here's a clip that I loved from this module. Listen here. How many of you have tried a nutrition program before? or a diet, maybe you saw results while you were in the middle of it. But as soon as you stopped doing that program, everything changed back. How many of you have done a program where you focused on progress outside of body composition, where you paid attention to whole body health? And how many of you have been frustrated over the years by the chronic body talk in your head, felt crippled over food decisions or lost weight and realized that you still weren't satisfied with yourself? Here's the thing. The problem is not, I, I believe, that you wanted to lose weight or look differently. Those aren't inherently bad goals. The problem is that our current industry is built on you believing, convincing you that you're broken and you need to be fixed, on actually disconnecting you from your body and having you believe that you just need to try harder, to find the right diet, to work harder, to work out harder, to sweat more, to rely more on what they tell you. So that's where I think we're approaching it all wrong. See, here's the thing. I think that you're already whole, that I'm already whole, that no matter what symptoms or struggles you're dealing with, you are at your core enough. Sure, you might want to look different or feel different or function different or not have pain, but that doesn't mean that you approach the situation as though you are broken. And when you can believe that, when you can believe that you're already enough, you can start to pursue growth and change and betterness and improvements from a completely different mindset. And this is where I really see the difference when I see my clients thrive, when they can start to adopt this different mindset. So we're going to do it differently. My goal today is to teach you how to change your approach so that you're working with your body rather than against it and what health can mean beyond weight loss and body composition. And we'll continue to talk about both of these things in future talks as well. Now, before you tune me out, that doesn't mean that body composition and weight loss aren't important or can't be a part of your story. I work with people on these things every single day. It just means that I don't think you'll find lasting whole body change and success if those are your only goals. And if they are your only goals, then I might not be the right dietitian for you. So that's not a bad thing either. Here's the other thing. There's no start and finish. No before and after. Ultimately, I'm not in charge. I'm only here for the ride, right? We often talk about this idea of a road trip or progress being the goal, right? The, the process is more of what we're looking for than the destination. And while that sounds really cliche, there's a lot of value in thinking about it like that. 
I'm only here for a little bit to teach you the tools and the strategies. And then I want you to drop me off because when I'm done, when we're done together, the work isn't done. Hopefully you will continue to evolve. You will always be growing and learning and listening to your body and using these concepts. Lastly, I think it's important to move away from this black and white thinking in health to lean into the concept that there's no right and wrong. We love to label We love to label foods and people and all different types of things. And some of us are really good at recognizing that's not healthy in other areas of our life. And yet we still do it when it comes to body image or to food. We're individuals and we have to explore health and what it looks like and feels like for ourselves and not anyone else. And I know, I know for myself and I know from clients that the gray, that in-between can be a scary place because it requires that you listen to yourself, that you tune into your body, that you figure out what works for you instead of what working works for the rest of the world. I also know that it takes more time, that it takes more patience, and we'll talk about that later, but I recognize that it is a slower process than what you might see from someone giving you all of the answers. But I think that when we, when we live into this black and white thinking, we set up this terrible cycle of shame and guilt win and fail, and then rinse and repeat, right? Anyone else experience that in their lives when there's only one way to do things? It's really hard to meet the mark all the time and then recognize the value of the rest of your life. So I hope you can agree to work on finding the in-between. This module was really inspiring and felt like a sigh of relief that you can stop labeling food and diets as like right or wrong. And she really encouraged us that this program is going to be an exploration of what feels good and effective for each individual. And she walks you through all of that in the program. And she also provides super actionable worksheets and resources to use throughout the process to keep you on track. Module two is really going to get into step two, which is assessing your symptoms and setting realistic goals that are going to work in your life. Catherine gives us a list of symptoms to kind of look for, to know if something may be quote unquote off. And this was inspiring for me because it sets your sights on other goals and metrics than just weight loss. So here's a clip of the symptoms that Catherine encourages us to look for. The first is energy and moods. Do you have a hard time getting going in the morning or a hard time winding down at night? Are you experiencing dips and crashes throughout the day? Do you feel like you ride a roller coaster of energy throughout the day? Are you constantly fatigued and really feel like you never have an energy boost in the day or, and, or do you feel like you're wired and tired at night? Like you're ready to go when you wish you were winding down. Do you regularly experience brain fog or have a hard hard time concentrating on what you're doing? Do you struggle with anxiety or depression? Do you feel like your physical symptoms lead you to feel anxious or frenetic is a word that I often can experience myself, um, irritable mood changes, right? Throughout the day, certainly as it relates to my physical self. So those are all things I want you to think about. There's a lot more, but those are more along the lines of energy and moods and sleep and getting more into sleep. Do you have trouble falling asleep? You should be able to fall asleep within 30 minutes of hitting the bed. And for some of us, even faster than that. Do you wake up throughout the night, even if it feels like you just have to pee, but you notice it happens every night. Sometimes urination throughout the evening is actually just your body's way of getting you up when there could be something going on with liver or blood sugar or energy. Do you feel like you never really have a great night's sleep, no matter how long you sleep? 
do you wake up feeling unrested or have a hard time getting out of bed no matter how long you sleep? So again, some things to think about as it relates to sleep. Connected to digestion, do you feel bloated or gassy no matter what you eat? And I do, I do want to talk about bloating for a second here because there is some level of bloating that's normal. If you eat Brussels sprouts or cauliflower and you feel like you get bloated, that does not mean you have a sensitivity to those. That means they have a particular type of fiber, carbohydrate, that's a little harder for our bodies to break down. So if you notice that it is particularly associated with certain foods that are more gas producing legumes, for example, then I don't want you to cut those out for sure. Um, and I also want you to just consider that maybe that could be normal. But when I talk about bloating, if it's something where you feel like by the end of the day, you can't button your jeans, the bloating is so bad, then that's something that we want to look at. That's not, um, that's not okay, right? It might be typical, but it's not something I want you to have to experience. Do you get full after just a few bites of food? This is something I hear pretty frequently, and there's actually a bacteria that can be associated with this. So the feeling of satiety, no matter how little you eat. Or on the opposite end of that, do you feel like you can never get enough and feel full? So not necessarily satisfied, not so much like when I eat a salad, I'm not satisfied, but am I actually ever getting full, like that stuffed feeling, if you will? Do you have one to two bowel movements a day? It's sort of the sweet spot for most of us, for sure. There is some variability and those can change a little bit, but that's something I look for with most clients. Do your stools look like a long, smooth snake? Or do you find that your stools are either hard like pebbles or loose and fall apart in the toilet? If any of you are familiar with the Bristol stool chart, you can look that up now. You can Google that. And we're looking for what's called a Bristol four. So that's kind of that middle range stool. That's the ideal. Um, certainly like we also don't want to see discoloration or any kind of floating stools. Those can be signs of food intolerances or gallbladder or bile issues as well. Do you experience regular reflux, indigestion, or heartburn? Again, not so much limited to certain foods, but do you notice that these are happening quite frequently for you? Do you experience nausea or pain in your stomach, especially when your stomach is empty? If so, that's something that I'd want to explore more. Do you have particularly foul-smelling gas or feel like you have excessive amounts of gas? Do you get stomach migraines, UTIs, or yeast infections? Do you have post-nasal drip or feel a frequent need to clear your throat? Do you feel like you're reacting to more and more foods each week? And this is a common sign um, that your immune system is starting to sort of be on high alert, higher alert than we want it to be. If you feel like no matter what, you have a new food sensitivity every week and certainly something we want to look into. Connected to hormones, if you're a female, do you have a period every 26 to 32 days? Ideally, 28 is sort of your average, but we're all a little different. Do you experience cramping, bloating, nausea, or headaches before or during your bleed? Again, similar to what I talked about with digestion, there's some element of these that might be okay, but I really want your period to kind of sneak up on you aside from the date and have as little symptoms as possible. And yes, that is possible for most of you. Do you notice a change in the consistency and the amount of cervical mucus throughout the month? And I'm sorry if this grosses you out, but this is something that can be an incredible sign in addition to your period. And especially for those of you who have lost your period or are not bleeding regularly to actually take note of what your cervical mucus is doing throughout the month, you should have a change in both the texture and the amount of cervical mucus. If you're a male, 
Do you notice more energy, more strength, and a higher sex drive in the morning? This is normal. You make testosterone overnight, and that's where we connect your sleep as well to testosterone. So we want to make sure that you're getting good sleep and also that you're able to make that amount of testosterone. So you should feel stronger. You should feel more energetic in the morning. Do you feel like you have a sex, a healthy sex drive for females, especially around the middle of your cycle? Do you constantly feel cold or warm, either one than others around you? Do you experience dizziness when you stand up, especially when you stand up quickly or from sitting? Are you losing hair or growing hair where you don't want it to be? Do you experience rashes, eczema, acne associated with your cycle or throughout your entire month? Do you experience frequent headaches, again, particularly in association with hormone fluctuations? Do you struggle with infertility? And do you have extremely low blood pressure or low heart rate? And these are something that often in the fitness world we can be proud of, but they're not exactly good signs, especially that heart rate, right? I want you to have a heart rate that we call it heart rate variability. I'm sure a lot of you have heard about this already. We don't want it to be extremely low all the time, right? We want it to be going up and down. So that's something we can get into more. As it relates to weight and body composition, do you have a hard time maintaining your weight despite a consistent diet and exercise? Do you have a hard time losing weight despite extreme restrictions, which I don't advise, but is that something that no matter what, how little you go, you still can't lose weight? Do you feel as though you have a great percentage of body fat around your waist? Do you have a hard time gaining muscle or muscle tone? And lastly, do you feel puffy or swollen in certain parts of your body? And the last section, and there are so many physical sections that we could go over, but I want to talk about is appetite and hunger. So are you constantly hungry and feel like you can never get enough? Do you find yourself constantly craving salt or sugar? There's usually a reason for these, and we tend to beat ourselves up over these things. Do you wake up hungry? This is a good sign. This is something that I want you to feel like you wake up hungry most of the time. Do you have weak, brittle nails? You get sores in the corner of your mouth. Are you constantly thirsty or have to pee no matter how much water or how little water you drink? And are you frequently sick? So there's a lot more that relates to minerals and nutrients and appetite and hunger, but those are some things that I want you to explore as well. So that's a lot. I know, I know I just went through a ton of symptoms and to be clear, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed with that list. I also think as with everything that there's a balance to listening to symptoms. I have some clients who will chase down every symptom imaginable and that can be exhaustive, right? So I don't want you to be a symptom chaser, but I do want you to know what you're working towards to get a glimpse of what, what might be possible. Kind of like when you used to work out and you just assumed that you needed to feel sore and exhausted and sort of broken in some way in order for it to count as a good workout. And then you realize there was a better option, right? Remember back to the first module and how I talked about being willing to pay attention, to be present with yourself and consider that your body might be trying to tell you something. The better you can get at this, the more likely you are to notice the whispers before they become screams. So these are things that I want you to pay attention to. Catherine then leaves you with a tool that I've been using the last couple of months and I have loved. And she does a great job at giving examples and explaining, but it's the idea that after every meal, you should feel satisfied, satiated, and energized. 
And she walks you through a worksheet on how to do this after every meal. And this has been super impactful for me because it's allowed me to really experiment with different foods. And I feel like every other nutrition program that I've ever seen before has been like, eat this, not this. And Catherine is like, well, we don't really know how your body is going to respond. So why don't you try it and measure? Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel satiated? And do you feel energized after every single meal? One thing that I've been playing with personally and how I've applied this to my life is that my lunches during the weekday are generally, you know, pretty unprocessed. I don't want to call it like healthy necessarily, but they're unprocessed. And I've been playing around with the different carbs that I put in my meals. So after listening to this module, so I found that like quinoa and fruit didn't make me like crash after lunch. But if I had rice in my like bowls, you know, with eggs or whatever other protein I had in my bowls, I had that crash. So I, it's, I was like, wow, I never really noticed that before. I just always, you know, whatever I had on hand, if it was rice or quinoa or fruit, I would eat that as my carb with my lunch. But now I've noticed, oh, well now I'll just, you know, reach for quinoa and fruit instead of rice at lunch. And that might make me feel a little bit more energized to continue on with my day. I never used to pay attention to this before. I would just look at calories or I would just look at macros and wonder why I was like starving later on and overate or was exhausted later, right? Because I was just looking at, okay, I got to stay within this calorie window or I got to stay within this macro window when really maybe the foods I was eating, I wasn't paying attention to other signals in my body that could indicate like, okay, this is going to keep me satisfied and energized, or this is going to make me crash, or this is going to make me starving later. I wasn't paying attention to any of those things. So I thought that this module and this tool for you to use is like really valuable. She talks about how this is so common in diets. And here's a quick clip that I think a lot of us can relate to. I have people who tell me, who can tell me weeks of what they ate, their macros to the count, their calories, their percentages, everything down to the bite. But when I asked how they slept or how they felt, or if they had a sex drive, or if they had a bowel movement, or if they were in a good mood, or if they were irritable, they have no idea. I'm not sure you can relate, but this is a pretty common thing. Because here's the thing. First, most health tools push us farther and farther into this role of consumer, instead of encouraging us to be active participants. And second, they further encourage this idea of black and white that I've talked about a lot, of good and bad. How many of you have tracked and when you met your goals, you felt good. You felt proud of yourself when you didn't, you felt ashamed. You felt like shit for being a failure and you just gave up whether that was at nine in the morning or on a Tuesday afternoon or a Friday night, you gave up. Right. And you said, I'm just going to start again next week. So again, I don't think that most trackers out there are that helpful when we think about long-term health. I'm not saying that they're all bad. There are certainly tons of studies to show that tracking your food can be useful, but we know that that's often because when you're tracking, you're doing a better job of putting your food on a plate, of measuring it out, of noticing how much you're eating, of being present when you are eating. So my goal is to help you to be aware, but also to force you to tune in and listen to what your body has to say about it. The key of nutrition is not some secret plan that you have yet to hear that I know and you don't know. The key is about figuring out what's going to work for you and what's going to help you feel your best. 
After this module, we had a live Q&A with our members that we uploaded the recording to the membership. And in that live Q&A, Catherine gives us a ton of little tips based on questions that people ask. But I thought this specific answer was important to address. And I asked Catherine about how if shifting the focus from body composition and weight loss towards other health metrics like sleep and digestion and hormonal health, I asked her if that actually makes weight loss easier and body composition goals or changes easier. And here's Catherine's answer. I think a few things. I feel like one, I've probably said this in one of my videos, but I feel like we make nutrition so complicated and, and a lot of us end up in this very emotional, obsessive state over what to eat and when, and what we, how to lose weight and what exactly that looks like. And as with just about anything in life, I think the more we obsess and, and think about some of these things, the harder it becomes to reach those goals. Um, so I think that's a, that's a real thing. I mean, that that's true for fertility. That's true for nutrition. That's true for so many different things, weight loss, you name it, right. The more that we obsess over some of these things, the harder it becomes to actually get to that goal. And, and in some ways we don't even know what our goal is at a certain point. Um, so I definitely think it helps to take a, a broader vision of health towards weight loss, right. As part of that goal as well. Um, I also think that, I said this in the last video, but so often we kind of like lose sight of the progress we are making when we're focused solely on weight, right? We start, weight tends to be one of the last things to change for some of my clients, especially my women. I'm sorry, women, um, but it is, it is slower. Our bodies really want to protect us first and foremost. And so I find that when we can focus on other things as well, we start to see kind of things that improve, right? Like we start to notice, well, my, my sleep is better and my just digestion is better. And yes, my, my hormones, my periods seem to be getting better. So I know I'm on the right track versus sort of self-sabotaging because I can't see the weight changing. So I do feel like it, it makes that process incredibly easier, um, to your question to kind of get to the body composition changes if that's not the primary focus. So if you aren't sold on the idea that measuring other things besides weight loss and just hopping on that scale, Hopefully now you are. Hopefully now you're sold on measuring other health things besides just weight loss and body composition. So let's get into some more details about the food itself, which is step three that I've kind of created in nourishing your fitness. So what you're actually putting on your plate. Module three in this program was all about how to be consistent and adequate with what you're eating. I'll share a clip that I can relate to that I had that happened to me in my past, and it's about under eating. And I didn't know it at the time, but I used to be an under eater and my health was suffering because of it. Here's Catherine. Under eating or chronic dieting is another huge stressor on the body. And you know what our bodies do, our smart bodies, they adapt. They slow everything down, including metabolism, thyroid function, sex hormone production, and digestion. And everything, not only do those things not feel good, but when everything's slow, it's really hard to see any kind of body composition change if that's part of your goal. So this is why I have you create a vision like you did in the last module and go through that vision and outcoming activity and really dig into what health means to you. 
so that when I tell you, I need you to eat enough. And for a lot of you, I need you to eat more. You can remind yourself that your goals include more than just body composition change, right? That in the short term, we are going to see some changes in, in moods and sex drive and waking up, feeling rested and digestion and having more energy. And that will ultimately lead to the body composition changes that you're looking for, for most of you. And if one of your goals is weight loss or body composition change, I want to be clear that the goal is actually not to restrict. We've been sold the wrong, the wrong diet for all of our lives. The only way to win at that game, if you want to lose weight by restricting is to continue to restrict. So it ends up being this cycle. The only way to keep losing weight or even to maintain that weight is by continuing, continuing to, to minimize that amount that you're eating. So quite opposite. If you want to see body composition changes, I believe you actually have to stoke the fire. You actually have to eat in a way that will increase metabolism, which is the opposite of many restrictive diets. Once your metabolism is up there, there might be a place where we cut or where we vary different times of the day, different times of the week. But I think a lot of you are still in a place where you need to stoke that fire, where we need to get things going and nourish yourself better. In the rest of this module, Catherine discusses how to calculate your caloric needs. She says she doesn't want you to count calories forever, but just to get an idea of how much you should be eating because so many of us are under eating. She also wants to make sure that you're feeling really good after every meal. And this takes some trial and error since everyone will respond to different foods differently. And the reason I love this approach is because it's realistic. It allows you to still eat the foods that you love, and, but just kind of gives you some boundaries on how much to eat and what immediate symptoms to look for. Because as Catherine talks about in her second question and answer Q and a weight loss and body composition changes are sometimes one of the last things to change. So if we just have our sights set on weight loss and body composition, we might kind of miss those intermediate milestones that could say that we're on the right track. So here's Catherine's take on timing of changes within your body from the question and answer. Things that I, can I answer that backwards? Things that take the longest to change, it'll help yes. me mentally. Right? That's um, good. Skin is one of the longest ones to change. If you have skin issues, that'll be a while. We got to work slowly on, I'm not work slowly, but it'll, it'll show up. It takes a long while. Um, and then wait, right. Those two tend to be the like slowest to move. Once we get them moving, we can see some things, um, more immediate changes. So again, backing up, I certainly see energy improve pretty quickly when people feel like they are eating in a way that works for them. Um, and, and again, sort of sustained energy throughout the day. So like I said, early on, I can't remember if you were here uh, early in the conversation, but like, I don't expect you to want to like go for a long run at any point in the day, but I do want you to have somewhat consistent energy throughout the day with, with a little bit of ups and downs here and there. Um, I would say moods is another thing I see change, right? So when you're getting enough food and enough food that is fueling you, I do see those change pretty, pretty quickly. And I'm not saying I go from being someone that struggles with panic attacks to never having one again, that's, that can happen, but that takes some time. But I'm talking more about in general, I'm not ir irritable and pissy throughout the day because I'm actually getting enough food and I'm getting food that makes me feel good, right? We underestimate how crummy we feel sometimes when we're not eating well. It's kind of like the extreme would be like a hangover and how bad you feel and you're probably not a pleasant person to be around. And there's sort of a, an underlying level like that when people aren't eating well, that does change when they start to eat and fuel in a way that really feels good to them. Um, 
And then cravings, I already mentioned this already, but I do think there is a pretty, and Shannon, you could speak to this and changing your diet. Like I, I think people see a pretty marked difference between my feelings of like out of control around certain foods, um, that I, I can't get enough or I'm never, never satisfied, never satiated, or I'm, or I'm constantly overstuffed, right? Like kind of that one extreme to the other. Um, so I do feel like just sort of I get hungry for meals and they're good. And yes, I want sweets at times and then I move on and it doesn't feel like I'm at the mercy of cravings as much when you're eating in a way that works for you. Um, yeah. So I, I think those are probably some immediate changes that people see. In Catherine's fourth video, we're still on step three of like what you're actually putting on your plate. She talks about how to make your food accessible, satisfying, and nutrient dense. What is the point of all of this if you can't sustain it? And if your body and your health just have the yo-yo effect. In this module, she gives tons of tips on how to make your food plan sustainable and nutrient dense. Here's Catherine on two questions to ask yourself about nutrient density. I want you to ask yourself two questions, a few questions, but two things we're going to focus on. First, how close is it to the original form that it was grown or raised in? In other words, how much manipulation has this product had to go through to get to my kitchen? Almost everything that we eat these days has, has been processed to some extent. So I'm not saying that we avoid all processed food, but how close is it to the original product? For example, something like olive oil, which requires very minimal processing versus something like canola oil, which is almost exclusively produced in a factory from a crazy small seed that doesn't have much oil to begin with. And the second thing would be, how was this product or plant or animal raised? Our food system is not the same as it was 20 years ago. Did you know that the gluten today, or what we call modern wheat, is a completely different protein than it was before foods were genetically modified? So when we talk about the diets that, are, that generations before us were able to eat, it's not the same. We're not comparing apples to apples. And interestingly, the same is true for many foods other than wheat. You might've heard about wheat, but things like corn, sugar, dairy, and animal proteins, especially because of what they are fed. So again, a big difference, which does lead to some questions about the research. So simply stated, there are two things that I want you to focus on as it relates to nutrient and mineral density. First is focusing on eating whole, real foods that are as close to the original form as they were grown or raised in. And second is to remember that quality matters. How something is raised or grown can change the nutritional value of that food. This means building your diet on a foundation of plants, first and foremost, especially fruits and vegetables, but also legumes and grains, if you can tolerate those, and especially those that are minimally manipulated, right? So the, those that are the least processed. So especially I think of fruits and vegetables, including your starchy vegetables, like your roots. I always say your roots and your fruits kind of trump all others when it comes to our plants. Um, second would be seafood, including mollusks, which are incredibly healthy. Also fen fish and shellfish. Third would be animal proteins, including muscle meats, eggs, but also other parts of the animals like bone broth, collagen, gelatin, organ meat. And last would be fats, both from plant plants and animals, emphasizing those that do not require intensive manipulation to process such as avocados and olive oil versus, and even raw nuts versus canola oil or rapeseed oil. So big difference there. 
So again, the things that I, when I think of whole real foods, I think of plants, seafood, animals, and fats. And that is covers a lot of food. That is not saying that you only have to eat those foods, but those are the ones that I really want you to work on focusing on adding, on building, on making sure that your diet is, is sort of founded on those foods. Lastly, I think this clip is a great summary of everything both Catherine and I stand for. And I think it kind of speaks for itself. So here's Catherine. And finally, I can't emphasize enough that no matter how perfect your diet is, if you're not addressing the foundation, such as sleep and stress and sun and red light exposure and regular movement and mindful practices like breathing and meditation and gratitude, and possibly also reducing alcohol, then your body cannot utilize your perfect diet efficiently. So you think I'm exaggerating and I know you all just want to work on that perfection, but really these other foundations are just as, if not way more important than what you're eating. I hope you got some golden nuggets from this episode. And even if you don't decide to join Evlo and listen to the program, I hope that you can apply some of these things into your life. And if you are an Evlo member, I highly suggest going in and watching the nutrition module. There's a lot, lot, lot more in that mo- in those modules and there's resources to go along with it so that you can kind of track your progress. So evlofitness.com, evlofitness.com. There's a seven day free trial. You can get in there and get started. And that is it. Hopefully this was helpful. We'll see you all next week. Bye.